This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Lights, camera, action. Hello, world. Welcome into Moneyline on a beautiful Sunday morning. The squad is in studio, and we're going to bring the boom in studio with the statistician, my partner in grind, at Josh Jordan 975 is where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan. What's up, Jerry? We got uh, four more Sundays, my man. Four more Sundays. Is this real life? I mean, is this real life? Four more Sundays till they're putting on the helmets for real, the pads. And on. I mean, uh, just four Sundays from now, just imagine that we're going to be getting into bets. Will this guy be playing? What's the injury report look like? That is scary to me, but I cannot wait. I can't either. We'll already know how the Texans-Chiefs game went down four Sundays from now. So that's going to be interesting, too. I think it's going to be a great matchup. I'm looking forward to that one. But just you know, getting the fantasy football in the air. I've been doing some mock drafts. We're going to get to that a little bit later. Like It's that time, man. It's that time to get in on Moneyline on your beautiful Sunday morning. Let's get the festivities going. Maybe a little coffee. Maybe getting that barbecue pit going. Maybe hitting us up on Twitter at Moneyline97.5 is where you can find us. 713-780-3776. The phone lines are open. Anything you want to talk about, whether it be Astros, whether it be the Rockets and the upcoming playoff series, or if you want to talk about the Texans, the phone lines are open just for that. 713-780-3776. Let's get to the man behind the glass, keeping us in line for the next two hours. What's going on, Trey? Hey, everybody. Um, I want to send my condolences to the family of uh, Elvis Presley. He died today, so uh, rest in peace to Elvis. Ooh, too soon. Too soon, too soon. He was 42. Gone too too soon. Gone too soon. Well, guys, let's uh, let's jump right in. We're going to extend the show. Like we said uh, last week, we're going to break down one division throughout every show because we're like four weeks we don't have even have many weeks we're sometimes we're gonna have to double stack them yeah so if you are, are into the fantasy into the gambling aspect of nfl this is the show for you if you're a new listener hey welcome because this is what we do here every single sunday we try to get you on the right, right side it's gambling though okay and i've ran into i've picked up quite a few followers man in the last few weeks i say at least Probably seven hundred and fifty, man. Like seven hundred and fifty, maybe a thousand. To be a honest, thousand with you. in about two weeks with that run I'm on. Okay, your boy's hitting about sixty eight percent in soccer, um, about sixty two percent in basketball, and that's not like on eight picks. We're talking about a ninety game sample, you know. Ooh. So either way it goes, and I'm not not trying to boast myself. I'm just saying as far as the new guys, because I know if you go to Twitch right now, we got a little crowd sitting there, and that's the guys that are kind of joining us, learning. Hey, this is Josh Jordan. I call him the statistician because fantasy what he does that's how we uh we became acquainted with one one another and and here we are so we're gonna get you going whether it be your team this division because a lot of people that are listening right now are not exactly houston texans fans we got a lot of cowboy guys we got a lot of t- uh, fans from all over the league so we'll get to your teams at one point or another just bear with us we're gonna get to a lot of bets yeah no doubt about it jerry said it right there you can watch us on twitch so you can either find us on twitch or go to espn 97.5.com the twitch stream is on there and if you have any questions you 
have a gambling question for Jerry, you got a fantasy question for me, hit us up in the comments there. We'll try and get to him during the break. And on the show, uh, I did want to get to a little bit of you know Texans news. We're we're seeing some some contracts get restructured. It looks like they're trying to kind of create a little more cap space. We're hearing rumors that it could be a you know Deshaun Watson extension finally coming down. Could be Zach Cunningham as well. We're also hearing that. Also hearing a little bit of rumblings about Jadavian Clowney and the Texans having communication. Tell the people more about that. I know, right? Well, we knew, we heard about this, I don't know, a month or two ago. You know, he's been working out over at Plex. And, and you know, Lance Zerline's dad, Larry Zerline, he was former offensive line coach, he was over there working with him and, you know, just you know seeing how he looked. He said he looks great, explosive, and, you know, it, it's, he's in the Houston area. He still hasn't signed, Jerry. I mean, we were expecting that huge contract for him. He still hasn't signed. We heard that he preferred the Cowboys or maybe even the Saints. And we just saw the Cowboys. They just signed a pass rusher this week. So it doesn't look like Clowney's going to go there. Saints are kind of stuck as far as salary cap. And they're all in the same little area, Houston, New Orleans, and Dallas. So you just wonder, you know, can can Bill O'Brien let bygones be bygones and, and, and you know, and maybe try and do this? Because I, I really worry about the defense this year, man. Like, I – they're going to need him. I don't think it will happen, but it's it's worth hoping for and worth talking about. If you're out there, Houston, listening, what would you like to do with Clowney? Would you like to see him back in a uniform at what price? 713-780-3776 because something is obviously up. Zach Fulton, Clemente, they, they get restructured deals. Now it's $8 million, uh cleared off the cap. That money's going somewhere, like you mentioned, either Watson or Zach Cunningham. But... If Clowney was to come along, that's kind of the question I have right here. Would it maybe have to do with Watson being on the same page and saying, hey, I know we were maybe working on getting it done now, but would you rather the team get a boost and we'll still take care of you? It does really no harm right now. The the, the timing of this, you've spoken many a times on this specific show about that either way it's three years, right? So yep. any which way it goes, I think that Watson has to be on the same page, but if it betters your team, we see that that's when Mahomes, and I mean, don't get me wrong, Mahomes got paid, but you see that that's what teams do, uh, guys that are – I guess into driven into the franchise saying, you know what? I believe that we can make this special. I'm willing to take a, a cut and whether it be on, on paper as far as money you're getting or whether it's timing and saying, you know what? I'll wait my time. Yeah. You make a good point. We usually see these guys win Super Bowls on their rookie deal. You saw that with Patrick Mahomes last year. We saw that with Russell Wilson, because when you're on that rookie deal, they have more salary cap space to invest in the defense and other positions. So if you wait on Deshaun this year, maybe you can use that extra money to, to pay Clowney. And then, you know, you worry about Deshaun's extension next year. He's not going anywhere. And he doesn't want to sign a super long-term deal from what he's saying. So I don't know if there's a big rush to get it done. If you want to have a shot this year in the AFC, I think they need somebody like Clowney. I mean, you don't put them up there with the Ravens and the Chiefs, do you? No, not at all. And speaking of rookie contracts, Cunningham entered the fourth year of his rookie deal, $1.7 million this year. So a guy that's missed, I think, what, two games? 46 of the 48 possible games since 2017. He's been great. He. He's there. That's what you that's what you need on the defense. Someone that's going to be there. And especially after we get more news about an injury again. Yeah. We Edge of four goes down on the Texans defense, pass rusher. You know, ACL. It happened the first day of padded practice, uh, you know, just over the weekend. And that was another thing where they were already hearing rumors about Clowney, and now you lose a pass rusher for the season. 
it makes even more sense now. Do you guys think that this is something? I hate seeing. That's one of the worst things, man, whenever you see a guy get a non-contact injury or whatever the case is in training camp, right? You always think, man, it always happens with Chargers players, too, it seems <laughs> yes, like. It those I, big- I remember Dwight Freeney went down with a torn ACL, like his first practice with the Chargers. And you ask yourself, man, like, that's got to be the worst feeling. So what I was digging into is n- instead of the 90 roster, man rosters that training camp uh, normally allowed to have, they're at 80 right now because of the COVID protocol. So what... Does that mean more snaps, more practice reps, more training camp reps for other guys and 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 less time that they've had to get ready for this? I don't yeah. like that. That just that's just not a good recipe for longevity of or or risking injuries, right? No, you're right. And look, they're trying to keep less people around to, you know, less chance of, you know, spreading the virus, which makes sense, but you're right. That will be more reps, but they haven't been participating as much as they used to. Uh, Peter King came down here and, and observed the Texans for a few days during training camp, and they put it up on YouTube. It's, I think, on NBC Sports' YouTube page. He said the Texans were only getting on-the-field workouts together one hour a day. Wow. One hour. They'd go out there and just kind of run some drills and you know just kind of do some cardio together for an hour, to, and that was it. He said that's, that's going to change, and that's probably changed since he was here. But in the beginning, one hour a day on the field. I mean, everything else was pretty much through Zoom meetings, stuff like that. You heard some people out there, and not me, not this show, but they said that uh, Bill O'Brien was a chess player because that the, the least time that he knew that or the amount of time that players would have to get ready for this, that's why he didn't want no draft pick. He didn't want no no new guys. He said, we'll just load up back into we'll, – we'll try to keep our guys in-house. Yeah, he, he knew the, the, the pandemic was coming and <laughs> traded two firsts and a second for tons yep. of – <laughs> you got to be kidding me. You know, I read that, man, and it's like when you read that from someone, how can anything else they, that they ever uh, – content that they make be looked at without, you know, subjectivity? Because at that point they're telling you, hey, I mean, I'm lying to you right yes. here. I'm tell- straight up telling you that this man is a chess player because he got lucky on the way things panned out. You can't make that stuff up, man. But to each his own. Some guys in this in this industry, you, you cover a team, you, you have to critique them. But other, uh, this station – it particularly, it lets us be us. It lets us talk freely. Not that it. You would think some guys would think like, man, they probably tell y'all talk down on these teams. No, it's it's talking real. It's talking exactly what we're living right now. Yeah, we want these teams to do good because whenever baseball was good, you remember the 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 electricity in the city. Or when the Texans are, I guess, going into the playoff run. Nobody, by no means, do I think that we have the thought that they might win a Super Bowl. But we do think that hey, this is fun. This is this is playoff football. That's what we want in the city. We do want them to have some kind of success, and hopefully that the Rockets, we're going to get into that because sweet poetry, the Rockets, you can't you can't make a movie like this without it just being so perfect. Chris Paul gets his shot at those Rockets. Man, it's going to be exciting, right? That gets going on Tuesday. We Finally, the playoffs are here. Great matchup. A little bit of bad news, though, that we don't know Russell Westbrook, you know, how available he'll be throughout the series. So that's definitely a concern for me. We were talking before the show. You said that the Rockets are still favored, right? But but not by as much now that this Westbrook news came down. Plus 320-ish around that area before the Westbrook injury news. And then now about plus 176. We're going to get into that entire series of, of just aspects, angles, what we think from an overall view because – it's interesting, man. You get rid of of Paul because during this time of the year, you never could rely on him. Injuries, right? He had that Will Fuller syndrome. And then now, and, and not against Russ because he's always been durable. But look how the tables have turned. 
And now all of a sudden, most Houston thing ever. Oh right? my gosh! As soon as I read it, I said, "You got to be kidding me! Look how you brought Westbrook because he is durable, and you you knew you could rely on him in this time. And it's nothing against him. It just it's just something that happened. And we're gonna get into what that does to a player of his caliber because he relies on his physical abilities, and he needs every bit of I think his body to be closest to one hundred percent to be at his best. Do you believe in the Rockets? Do you believe in the Rockets beating this Thunder? How far in this playoffs can the Rockets go? We're going to get into that here next. We're going to talk Texans. We're going to talk Astros. We're going to talk all types of fantasy football. The phone lines are open for you. Twitch, we're going to interact with you during breaks. 713-780-3776. Thank you for joining us on a Sunday morning. We're going to get it off and popping here on Moneyline ESPN 97.5. To call into the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. Dial the phone. Looking to outsource your company's HR and payroll? Get the top initiative and smart solutions with HRP.net. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. The phone lines are open, 713-780-3776. Shout out to everyone on Twitch hanging out. Shout out to Chuck, JSF Player, uh, Sir Pico, everyone, JMF Monkey, everyone hanging out on Twitch. If you want to come and watch us, hang out, you can interact on commercial breaks. Come hang out on Twitch. The uh, link is up on my page. Go ahead and come hang out because there's a lot of, I guess, different opinions. That's what we asked during the commercial break. Do you want Clowney to come back? First thing that somebody brings up is his 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 uh his off or or false start penalties or you know offsides. Yeah, offsides. Yeah, false starts with Tunzel and the offsides with Clowney. They are the perfect match. That's what we were saying because false starts with Tunzel. That's what we see the the Spider Man meme pointing right back at Clowney. That would be horrific. Imagine the penalty yards given up uh, a game by them. But I guess. It, it matters at what price would Clowney come at because you said that he got to, he turned down a lucrative deal yeah. uh, from Cleveland. Yeah, he did, and like, we don't have the concrete numbers, but we hear it was it was pretty sporty. So it, it just sounds like he wants to play on his own terms. Here's the other thing I think Jerry, uh, this makes a lot of sense. Do these veteran guys really like camp? You know what I mean? Like he might just be waiting so he doesn't have to go through camp, and. I mean, that makes sense if you're going back to the Texans because you already know your job. You know, Anthony Weaver was here when Clowney was here, so he should know from day one exactly what he's supposed to do. But if you're going to a different team and you don't have any camp, man, that it's going to be tough to catch up. Clowney knows that Houston Heat right now, too. Yeah. That Heat, something else, going to training camp all these years just to watch, and you're not even in pads or anything. You're out there sweating hard. Oh, you remember that story I told last year when that guy passed out on me? I believe it. The guy, I'm sitting at Texan training camp, and all of a sudden, this guy falls down, and he starts twitching, and he's having a heat stroke, and everyone runs. Well, he happens to be next to me. They think he's with me. <laughs> so everyone starts asking me, what's wrong? Is your dad, what kind of what kind of health he had? <laughs> and I'm sitting there freaking out, like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, I start getting anxiety because all these people, I mean, and, and I'm holding him up. So, because I was the first one, and he falls, so I'm holding him up. And then someone's like, 
he was like fully dressed up this man i don't know why he was dressed like that he had like a full button up he had the uh, three-quarter sleeve you know going on i didn't know what else to do someone's like man um, take off his shirt that he's hot right <laughs> so then me just being in the in the position you know and i'm talking about trainers can't everyone media is there cameras are poking over so i started unbuttoning three shirts his, uh, his top three buttons on his shirt and he snaps two and he looks at me like who in the hell is this guy taking off my shirt? So he kind of grabs me with his with his with his hand real hard. He grabs my shirt like get off me. And then everyone tells him like, man, calm down, don't move. You're having a heat stroke. And he goes back into twitching like back right back into it. And I just kind of uh, as soon as the the medical got there, paramedics, I just kind of slid out of there and I just sat in my car in silence for a second. Like, wow, that was crazy. <laughs> just everybody like give him mouth to mouth. Like mm. I don't know him. Is there mouth to mouth right now in the in the corona? Uh, environments that we live in i never even thought about oh, that man. like yeah that's an issue like if something happened how quick is somebody to say give him mouth to mouth i mean yeah, like, he'll be okay somebody's <laughs> like i'll just give him the the heimlich and you're like he's not choking you know he needs air <laughs> i mean i just right now you just don't do mouth to mouth but you know getting back to that that he just you're right man a lot of these veterans and we've seen that over the years you know it's funny because a lot of these guys have argued over the last years, like, man, we don't even really need the preseason. Maybe it's that one. And now we're going to get that. You got what you wanted, but I don't think they wanted it in the form of we're not having really any any full contact uh, like how you would have, you know, the the ex team come into to t- Houston and, and do a couple pre, you yeah, know, joint practices. Joint practices. Yeah. You're not really getting any of that. You're not. Again, I ask myself in practice. Yeah, they say, hey, let's let's put the pads on. Let's let's bang a little bit. How much are you really gonna bang on your teammate? You're really gonna go up there and bow? No, you're going maybe eighty five percent, ninety if you want to say if that. But you are you really risking that? So the first really action is that Thursday the Texans go out there. It's a go, and you got to play the world champs. Catch at, me if you at can. At their house, yeah, that, that's a concern. Yeah, JJ Watt said the other day he felt like a rookie again when they finally started hitting because it it's been a weird off season, man. And it's funny we see college football every year they pull it off without you know having any preseason games. But what do they usually do? They they play it like a North Texas, right? You know, Alabama will play some terrible team and it's a tune-up game basically. Minus 52. Yeah, it'll be yeah, one of those spreads where it's a 50 burger. So, but you know, you don't get that if you're the Texans. You don't get to go play some slappy. You got to go play the Chiefs in Kansas City. It makes me wonder, do you think it'll be the defenses or the offenses that will be more impacted by this? I guess it goes back to what we've been bringing up every single week. The amount of new faces, is it is it that particular team? Are they bringing in a new system, a new quarterback? How many rookies? Because the Chiefs, they got the perfect scenario. Look, I don't know where all this money's coming from, right? <laughs> They're because loaded. They re-signed Jones. They give Kelsey money. I mean, we already talked about Mahomes owning half the city. Uh, what else is next? And and then all of, I, I think it comes to a point where when you find something like that and you fill your locker room – that locker room's got a certain feeling in it, man. After going to that playoff run and, and realizing, man, we were down double digits multiple times, and it was nothing. They never even wrinkled. When did that team wrinkle? When you watched the Chiefs, both of you guys, like, did you ever get hesitate? Like, man, this is their moment? No, I always thought, man, just wait till he gets that ball back. That's the feeling I get with Mahomes. Yeah, me too. I mean, especially the Texans' secondary is not that great, and – you know, with just J.J. in that game, he was tired from the Bills game. So there wasn't a lot of, you know, pressure that J.J. was able to get. And they, they just they couldn't get to Mahomes. He had all day. I mean, it, it was an ugly game, man. And I worry it's going to be kind of similar when they play each other, you know, in just a few weeks. I 
double digit spread basically that's where it's sitting around depending where you get it at hopefully it's at my bookie um i yeah i can't feel confident taking those points saying man i don't think the texans would lose by double digits but i also am reluctant to say they won't because we've learned that throughout Deshaun watson's career with a couple of exceptions of the ravens game and a few others but he was always known of keeping the games with one score no matter what the situation that's something that we got accustomed to as far as handicapping. I would always think that being here in the city, too, whenever I would join whatever shows and they, I would give them that stat and it'd be like, man, Watson, you can go back to and I don't have his high school stats, but I have to believe what they say. They say not even in, in high school, college. If you look at him, he was always one score games even when he lost. So that's one any time whenever they were getting X, X amount of points versus the Saints that week one. Um, it was like, oh, yeah, this is a gift. We got to take that. And I felt good about that one. But the Chiefs one. I didn't have a good feeling about that from the beginning. I was just like, eh, this it's not going to go well. But they got our hopes up early. You know, the Texans came out red hot, got some turnovers, put some points on the board. But that's the thing with Watson. He's been inconsistent, especially in the playoffs. You know, like that Bills game, he got off to a really slow start. The, the Colts playoff game, you know, the years before that, you know, not a very good game. And then the Chiefs game started good, but the second half, the, the offense couldn't do anything. And at no point in watching that Chiefs game did you feel confident in, in an aspect of, well, yeah, they got this. Let's coast this in. It was always that worry because the way it happened, you know, with the punt return from it just yeah. everything fell in line and you knew the Chiefs were playing far below standards and you thought, okay, it's a matter of time. But you also, in football, if you're giving yourself over 20-point cushion – an over 20 point cushion on a team that you've already beat. Yeah. You had to have felt some type of way. And that's what leads you to this season and thinking, okay, they fought an, a, an ugly game against the bills and Watson and Hopkins, because we can't just give Watson all the credit for that one play. Hopkins did a lot that game and yep. he showed you why he is the number one, not just on this team, but top two arguably in the league. I like him as one. And 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 before I would have Antonio Brown the p- previous years, you know that, that being a Steeler guy, just I always thought Antonio Brown was. But man, Hopkins grew and grew on me more and more and more because the possession, the the way that he can move the chains. Brown, he was more. He'll beat you deep and he can do both. But at the same time, man, now that he doesn't have that. We're going to see, I think, a different type of offense that's going to require Watson to do more. Well, I mean, but at least you have Hopkins coming back, right? Oh, wait, no? Did I miss something? Did he leave? Oh, okay. So he's not on the team. But Well, at least you got something really good in return for him, right? Oh, David Johnson? Okay. Well, he did talk to the media uh, earlier this week, and I found it interesting listening to to David Johnson talk. He looks like he's in great shape. You just – he hasn't been good in a few years, Jerry. He only had that one big season, and – it's hard to think that that's going to get recaptured here. The one good news is, is the offensive line is better here in Houston. So he, he, he does have a, a much better offensive line than he had in Arizona. So if there's ever a year where he's going to have a bounce back season, this should be it. But I'm not so convinced it's going to happen. I just, I, I don't know. And, and Duke Johnson's nice, but you know, I, I'd like to see him get a little more for Hopkins, obviously. And I think you're right. Hopkins is up there in the, you know, top three receivers in the league. You know, maybe Michael Thomas you might take in front of him. In fantasy, a lot of people are taking Devontae Adams in front of Hopkins. But I think that's more about Hopkins switching teams. And there's a little more risk when guys change teams. Yeah, I'm excited, though, just at least to see, and I hate this, a healthy wide receiver group. And that's always going to be the case this year. Healthy. It's health. Who's on the field? If they are on the field, 
they have to be somewhat kind of explosive. They have to. It's football's not as easy as painting a bunch of guys that have speed. Yeah, put them out there. But if you look at, because some would say, well, the Chiefs do it. Yeah, but the Chiefs also have the arguably the best tight end in the league and a quarterback that's, I mean, elite. Not to say that. Watson isn't, but we already came up to the conclusions that Mahomes resides, he lives in just a separate category than everybody else right now. And not to take anything away from Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and a young Mahomes is already over them. That's just what I've seen with my eyes. I've never seen anything like that. No, I haven't either, man. And the other thing is, the other thing I haven't seen are the big changes that we're all dealing with right now, Jerry. And everybody's wearing a mask and not all offer the same comfort and protection. That's why everybody ESP and 97.5, we recommend the Boomer Naturals three-layer comfortable and highly breathable mask. And I'm telling you, I've been wearing mine. It's great. I feel like it protects me more than those disposable masks. And it's it's easier to breathe in, too. Like, it's, it's very comfortable. So I'm really happy with mine. They come in all sizes, adults, teens, children. They're in stock now. They ship fast. And one of the reasons is they're highly protective that's why people are buying them it's the nano silver technology that's woven into the fabric and the nano silver can block those drops and particles from getting in your nose and mouth and let's face it that's the whole reason you're wearing the mask so they also offer the net gaiters as well and another great thing is they donate face covers for everyone they sell to nonprofits. so they're doing some great things for the community as well so guys if you want to get one and i highly recommend it you're gonna wear a mask why not wear the best order now at boomernaturals.com use promo code george Jordan, my last name, Jordan, and save 20%. That's code Jordan at BoomerNaturals.com. Get free free shipping and handling, Jerry. I mean, it's perfect. Go get over there. Get your order in today. Promo code Jordan. That's BoomerNaturals.com. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. The squad is here in studio and accounted for. It's Josh Jordan, it's Trey Campbell, and it's your man Jerry Bowe trying to get you ready for your Sunday festivities. Let's go right to the HRMP listener line, and we got our man here wanting to talk about Texans. What's going on? Hey, fellas. Thanks for taking my phone call. Uh, appreciate it. A uh, couple points I want to talk about Texans. Uh, maybe get your thoughts on it. Why, since the Texans drafted Deshaun Watson... He's been nothing but spectacular. Um, I don't understand why people question him or don't put him as elite. Um, my biggest problem is we don't have a running game. When's the last time we've had any type of running game associated with the Texans when we lucked out with Arian Foster? I mean, they need to have help to have him support. He's always been a champion, like you said, from high school, college. He's always in games. Um, just one point that I want to touch on, and why wouldn't we get back Clowney at the right price? It could only help. Yeah, thanks for the yeah. call. He makes a great point. It's we're always going to look at, and that's when I say, who's holding who back here? Is 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 O'Brien holding him back? I would hate that the Texans keep extending O'Brien to a certain point to where now it's six years into the league, and then now you get rid of O'Brien, and you're saying, you know what, it didn't work, but now you got an older Watson. That's not. I hate that that's something that's going to be talked about. We're talking about it now. I feel as if that's it now. Now, this particular year, we have a new offensive coordinator. 
where will pride be set here? As far as Clowney, is, can pride be set aside to where they bring him back in? Can pride be set aside by O'Brien saying, you know what? You call the plays. Let's see how this goes. We need something different. Can you bring out the best in Watson? I'm not so sure of that. I mean, I'm concerned. We should be. They're not you know, like a, a top 10 offense every year or anything like that. And we know the defense has fallen off big time. And you kind of were hinting at that, you know, they might eventually waste Deshaun Watson, right, to where we get past his prime years and you haven't won anything. And we've seen that a lot in Houston with, you know, J.J. Watt here is almost at the end. We saw it with Andre Johnson. I mean, Hopkins, great, but now he's gone. So, you know, it has to make make you worry. And you think, Watson's thinking about it too. He said he wants a short-term deal, not a long-term deal. He doesn't want to be, you know, trapped here if, if you know, O'Brien keeps running this thing into the ground or if they finally get rid of O'Brien and then hire somebody even worse. That's always an option too. Like, who's so convinced that they're going to hire somebody better than Bill O'Brien if they fire him? Like, what makes you think that they would do that? They haven't shown that over their, you know, their record. Is Bill O'Brien by far the worst Texans coach though that ever? I mean, you can't say that because they keep winning divisions. You know <laughs> and, what I mean? And that's like, what's going to come up because you're saying, okay, were they at least somewhat successful? Yes, being here in the city, though, I guess you know that maybe the bar is set at a certain height. And you know that, man, Watson, I think he can clear that bar. And you hope, but then at the end of the day, it's, it's Bill O'Brien holds that bar. He tells you where that bar is. That's what I hate to see. Now you get all these other guys. I mean, look at Mahomes. It's that bar is there is no bar. It's the bar set where they are. It's where he wants to take them. Where the, his teammates being allowed to sign and, and make again. I don't know where all this money's coming from because at one point I heard they were low, and then now all of a sudden they're getting guys. I mean, they signed the ba- the honey badger not too long ago. Yeah, huge either. contract. So where that means that guys are willing to to you know you know how they're doing that, Jerry. They are not handing out seventeen point six five million dollar contract. Contracts to their kickers. Ding, 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 yeah, ding. Th- th- that, that's why they have salary cap space. Uh, yeah, that's what Kami Fairbairn is making with the Texans now. When we didn't even know if he was going to make the team last year. And then we're going to sign him to a four-year, $17.65 million contract. And they give Nick Martin a big contract yes. extension, too. Yes, and Whitney Merciless. And that's why the, the Chiefs have money is because they're taking care of the guys, the, the cornerstones of the franchise, not your kicker. Or the fifth best person in his division at that position yes. with Nick Martin. I remember I saw that man. I fell over. They said, where does he rank at his position within the division? And then it said fifth. And I started doing math. And I'm like, there's only four teams in this division. How is he the fifth? And he's like the fifth highest paid center or something in, in the whole league. In the whole <laughs> league. Like, what? What is going on here? And that goes to tell you right there. I think the money is spread out unevenly in, in places that don't need your kicker getting that kind of money. So then when it does come to those big spots and now all of a sudden they're lucky that they're being able to restructure a little bit of things here and there. But right now it's OK. Yeah, we'll take Clowney back. But for that to happen, then one of the other two, Watson or Cunningham, that can't happen right now. Can Watson take a back seat and say, you know what? I trust y'all. That's cool. Let's bring in Clowney. I'm not sure if he can. We'll do that. Does Cunningham? Where does who gets the money now? Where does it get distributed to make the team overall better now? What we're hearing is they're working on a Deshaun and Cunningham extension. We'll see if it happens. Cunningham's more pressing. He's a free agent after this year, so you know they need to get something done with him. He is their best inside linebacker because he can cover a little bit. He can run better than McKinney. McKinney's great at what he does at downhill thumper, but Cunningham he gives them that explosiveness they need out of that group. We'll see, and that's why the Clowney thing's 
kind of tricky because if they are trying to get these extensions done now, yeah, there may not be enough money for him. It'd be weird seeing Clowney back in the uniform. Not that I don't want it. It'd just be weird seeing the way it goes down. You know, there was there was the practice talk, but which I don't I didn't like it towards the end of it. You saw that he was out there. You know, he wants a fall guy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He wants you got to be a good practice guy to get to get contracts on this team. If you're a good practice guy, hey. Give him a little extension. You know, we, we need to keep that kind of guy around. The stars, that the ones that, that are vocal about it, what do, what do stars in the NFL do? They're vocal about it. They know they're worth the, the time span of you in the NFL being at the highest caliber you could possibly be in a game that's so bang, bang, you have to eat. You have to take it. On the other hand, though, someone's going to say, then why do you sign contracts? Why does, why does that happen? It's a give and take subject. It is. But at the same time, whenever a... Hopkins comes to you and says, man, I'm not paid enough at my, from what I do at my position. Look at these other guys. Look at Julio Jones. He doesn't even have to fight for his money. You know, he's getting paid. They're bringing him his money, you know. And what about me? And I don't see you taking care of anyone else around me. So what I, I need to put my foot down now. And that's what happened, and his foot didn't settle. And they said, well, don't, don't, don't put your foot – this, this is moving sand. This is quicksand. You got to go. But you could also – he still had three years left on his deal. After you know, the new CBA. Yeah, so you're just like, what are you going to do? Just stop playing football? I mean, he was still <laughs> being paid at a very high level, just as not like a top three receiver. Because all these new guys got deals. You mentioned Julio and Michael Thomas. So, you know, Hopkins like, hey, I want a newer deal that's closer to what those guys are making. But – you don't have to trade him. So that just tells you that was a personality thing. They, they can say it was about money, but it just O'Brien and Hopkins weren't getting along, and they decided we'll go a different direction. And one man having two positions. If you have a guy that, that took his coaching heart out of that and in business aspect and saying, you know what, we have him. We have him right where we want him. Unfortunately, he can't do anything. And, hey, D-Hop, we do want to pay you. We love you. But it's bad timing. Look at what we have on the board right now. Do you want to have a better team? Like if they would, I think it was just more like you know what? No, and it came like it just came head face to face. You know what? Then we'll ship you out of here. Who wants them? One of the first few calls. I don't care what anybody says, and they say, man, you know, again, one of these guys that that cover the Texans as a fan more, and they're just out here saying, man, they they fielded X amount of calls before. If they did, man, they would have waited a few days and they would have saw that Diggs deal had gone down and they would have ate. Imagine if the Diggs deal goes down first. Oh, yeah, and then, then you, that's, that's the market deal. But also, too, I bet the Texans didn't even call the Bills because Brian Gain, who used to be the GM here, is now, I think, like the assistant GM in Buffalo. Pride. So with Pride, would O'Brien want to call him and, and try and get a deal for Hopkins to Buffalo? And then you have to ask, too, do you want to send him within the, the division? But here's like a broader picture, Jerry, and I'll see if you agree with this. I kind of think of the Texans in a way where I think about the Packers. It feels like the Texans are more concerned with – just being good enough to compete every year. You know, not necessarily do that kill shot move to win a Super Bowl. Just keep building an organization that every year will make the playoffs. Probably not good enough to be true contenders, but respectable. Feels like that's where the Packers are right now, to where they're using their first round pick on their future quarterback of the future instead of giving, you know, Rodgers an extra weapon to put him over the top. You know, it feels like they're just every year they just want to maintain like good but not truly great. And with the Packers, at least they were in the NFC Championship game last year. But we saw what they did. They took their future quarterback, and they, they took a running back in the second round because they kind of want to do what Tennessee's doing and run the ball a little more. So I feel like 
you want that team like the Chiefs to, you know, go for the kill shot. You know, go sign that 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 huge splash guy that might put you over the top, not just constantly sustain nine and seven, ten and six, but you're never really a contender. And that's what I think hurts here because when you think of Watson, obviously a Super Bowl banner, always with the banners there, but I think of him like a trophy player, you know, like you 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 look at those divisional title banners and you say the way that I've seen Watson, even before he was on the Texans, you when you saw him in college, you said, man, that guy's going to be special. He's going to win. He's going to win on the next level. And what's keeping him from doing that? This organization in general. And, and when you say this organization, you, you say it starts with the coaching and, and the people in power. That's what's holding him down. He's not being able to use his best traits, his best aspects of the football in the way he needs to. When we look back at all this years from now, I think that's what's going to come to. It's going to be like, man, he was he was he was great, man. And just O'Brien and towards once O'Brien finally left, we saw a little bit of what Watson could do. But maybe it was a little too late. What if this would all happen when he had a great receiver? Then people are going to think towards the beginning of Watson's career, he had DeAndre Hopkins. People are, that's going to forget Hopkins might go out to Arizona and wreck so hard that that people are going to forget what he was here. And people are going to think, man. Watson, Hopkins, did that really exist at one point? It, it did. And, you know, PFF did that breakdown of the most clutch quarterback and the most clutch receiver. And it was it was Hopkins and Watson. You had the pair together and you broke it up on purpose. I, I don't get it. Someone else here in town making bad coaching decisions, breaking things up. We're going to get to the Astros next. If you want to talk about Astros, 713-780-3776. We're going to talk about that batting order. We're going to talk about Altuve here on ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline. On ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, where you give us one more chance here on a Sunday morning. And I got a big, big play for you. Last week, we gave you a little something. I have a huge play that's going to go down in Europa League. I have a little one for today. But I have a secret. Like last time I told you, whenever I told you, go to my bookie and place that bet. I told you, don't tell anyone. This is between you and I. It's going to be another one of those moments. I have what we call a max bomb. And it will be given out before this show's over. Thank you for joining us. Everyone on Twitch, shout out to all 20 of you. Everyone's talking about the prizes in fantasy. Will it be a snake or an auction draft? Hey, it's time, Josh. There's no more. I mean, that sucks, man, that we're not doing the live draft. You remember last year, yeah. the, the fun we had at Twin Peaks? It's just... I hate that, but I, I, I've been, I guess, thinking of ways to make this fun. Like, who gets the first pick? Maybe like a horse race. You know what I mean? Like everyone that's in the league, we're going to just point X horse race, and we'll just draw numbers. That's your horse. Whoever get Whatever order it comes in, that's your draft order. Just something to spice it up because that live, man, I, I love drafting online. Don't get me wrong, but... Uh, Man, drafting live, drinking, just just the environment, that's something we're not going to get this year. It's not. And my buddies from high school, we've been playing, God, for a long time now, like almost 20 years. It's been a long time. But, you know, we kind of decided to, to do it this year. We're, we're going to do the draft. We, we got all set up. Everything's good to go. And we were kind of talking about that. Like, you know, how are we going to do it? Because we've been doing the online thing where you have like a minute to pick and, you know, it goes back and forth. But, 
it's more fun when you have all your buddies together and there's no time limit. So you can actually like try and make trades in between picks and, you know, make it a little more interactive instead of feeling like it's basically an auto draft because you're, you know, picking every minute. But I think we're going to end up doing that like on Zoom or something like that. And, you know, just all kind of hang out on Zoom, drink some beers and do the fantasy draft. But you're right. It's going to be very different this year. I just can't wait till we can get back to normal. You know, it'd be fun to go out to Twin Peaks and, you know, watch some college football while you're drafting your fantasy team. 713-780-3776. If this next subject is dear to your heart and you want to talk about Altuve and these Astros and Altuve coming out and asking Dusty, you know what? It's I'm not playing well right now. There's guys that are hitting better than I can. Go ahead and move me down. And seventh in the batting orders where he found himself. What were your first thoughts when you read that? I didn't have a problem with it. I know some people do. They're like, hey, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't ask for that. And, you know, you're arguably the best hitter on the team. And, you know, you, you just need to push through this. But Altuve is a team guy. So if, you know, he really feels like he's pressing and he's not performing well and he thinks it's better for the team to move down in the order, then, you know, good. You know, I'm glad if, if you think it'll make the team better, then, then do that. But we all remember, you know, back when George Springer was, you know, really awful yeah. in the playoffs. I think it was the ALCS, he, you know, really struggled. And everybody wanted, you know, that the year that they won the World Series in 2017. And everybody wanted him out of the leadoff spot because he was just struggling so much. And so many innings, you'd automatic out. And then what happened in the World Series? He was the MVP of the World Series against the Dodgers. So, you know sticking it out actually worked for Springer in that circumstance. So I don't know. Did you have a problem with it? They, they did win the game. I yeah. mean, just to say, and he, he got a hit. Yeah. Um, one of the few advantages, I guess, of social media is getting to see perspectives, you know, and it's funny just with it, whatever, whether it be something that was sports related, station related, you'll see people hate it, love it. They probably hate me and love you and vice versa. You know, that's just the way things are. Yep. When you saw the perspective of this decision, some said, man, that's, that takes big. Even teammates inside the locker room said, man, he's the greatest teammate. Look how he is. That's Jose Altuve telling you, man, move me down the lineup. I'm all right with that. It doesn't hurt my feelings. That's the best interest of this team. The other perspective of Twitter or online, just in fans, let's call it, is he's copping out. Why are you going to let him cop out? Why do you? He, he's an MVP top player. You, he needs to get out this because to me it's looking like it's a mental thing. It's 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 he's swinging at bad pitches per se. Maybe it's more mental. He needs to get out of this. What? Why do we let him cop out here? And later on during the year, if it happens again, what are you going to do? Move him down to the seventh spot? A player of his caliber, you you let him just hit himself out of that slump. What do you do? I think if he feels more comfortable in that spot, then maybe. Because I think it's between the ears mostly for him. So if he feels more comfortable lower in the order, maybe there's less pressure on him, maybe you get a better performance out of him. And they know this is a shortened season. So Altuve is probably like, you know, we don't have time for me to come out of this, you know, before we lose too many games and we don't make the playoffs. This is a really short season. So maybe that's what he's thinking. Like, let me work through this when I'm not putting the team in as much danger. And it's pretty interesting. Uh, Grayson did a great job. He wrote this article for Sports Map where he broke down Altuve's swing and he dug through all the numbers. And he does this all the time. He did a breakdown of George Springer's swing and he knows this stuff. He's a college baseball player. You know, he knows Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he knows what he's looking at. And from what he his conclusion basically is that Altuve's contact rate on pitches outside of the zone is 8% worse than it was last season and 13% worse than his career mark, which is 
Grayson says it's massive. So what's going on is Altuve's always been a good bad ball hitter. Yeah. But he's not the ones outside of the strike zone, he is not hitting them at nearly the higher the level that he has in the past. And he says within the zone, Altuve's fine, that his Z contact is ninety percent, which is three percent better than last year. So it's he's hitting the ball fine in the zone. It's just the stuff that he's chasing out of the zone, he's not making as much contact as he used to. So he's got to be a little more disciplined at the plate. And that's what's always separated Altuve, though. How many times have we talked about him taking a golf swing and getting a ball way down that's low and hitting it for you know a little a little blooper single? Yeah. That's just what we've been accustomed to. And him as a baseball player, he's accustomed to swinging at those pitches. We call it... If he if if him his, historically if he didn't hit those balls that are bad pitches we'd think man you're swinging at bad pitch. but he always makes contact and gets on base so you say swing away I don't care if it's a bad pitch there is no bad pitch for Altuve really I mean yes technically yeah if it's way out but you know what I mean there's not you can't really throw a bad pitch that he can't hit because he's so good at hitting bad pitches now that he's still swinging at bad pitches and it's not there makes it look even worse it makes it look like hey. Quit swinging at that. That's a, but that's something that he's always done. So if, if you can't have your cake and eat it too, that's that's always been the advantage of having Altuve that you can't really pitch around him. You know he's gonna make contact, and it's just seeing seventh and and Redick batting that high up. It just it just does something to me. And then we get we get Jordan back. I mean, hits the the dinger. First one, first bat up. Then, then Yuli comes back to back. Yuli's hit two home runs in back to back games, and then now we're hearing Brantley. Yeah, Brantley's. I think he's still dealing with that quad. So you get Yordan back, and then you lose Brantley for a little bit. Hopefully, this doesn't feel like a super long term injury. So hopefully, Brantley's back sooner than later. You know, it's more just, you know, just kind of making sure he's okay, not pushing it. But you know, you talked about Reddick hitting second. And there's a reason Dusty Baker's doing it. He believes that he's going to get a lot of more, a lot more fastballs, you know, with Bregman hitting behind him. Guys like that, and he's been right. You know, Reddick is actually he's hitting in the 270s. I mean, you can set death taxes and Josh Reddick hitting around 270. I mean, he does it every year. It's not flashy. We see him getting in terrible slumps. We've seen him struggle in the playoffs, but year to year. You know, regular season wise, he hits about 270. So that's not the worst thing, you know, to have second in your batting order to, you know, to get on base for guys like Bregman and, and get him some fastballs. So I see why they're doing it. But I was like you, when I first saw that the first few days that Dusty went with Reddick in the two hole, I'm kind of like, what, what's he doing? But once he explained it, he's like, he's going to get a lot more fastballs. It makes sense. Is Dusty getting a fair share of, of like what the expectations are, you think? Because I think expectations are still super, extremely high, and, and they should be. We have a lot of we have a lot of bats still and whatnot, but coming off having two of the best pitchers in baseball a season ago and then missing that, and then when you look at this team overall, yeah, Javier did good. Yeah, a few of these, the bullpen's coming along. We're going to talk about that because that was a little struggle, and we're, it's a 60-game season. It's We're going to lo- move in small sample sizes. We have to. As of right now, we're, what, a third in? Yeah. 10 and 10. Is this where you want it to be? Not obviously not want it, expect it to be with all the news that's come out with Verlander, with with whatnot, with the the injuries, Altuve struggling. Is this considered maybe a win, or does it have to do with playing the Mariners five times? Yes, <laughs> you know it's both. But look, you'll take it. You know, ten and ten, you still got a shot to make the playoffs and make a run. And with, I mean, with Osuna getting hurt, with Verlander getting hurt, I mean, these are important pieces. And if you ever get Urquidy back, you know, and, and he he helps you out in the starting rotation, 
I think they're in a position to where they can make a run at this thing. But, you know, it's going to be tough, man, without, like you mentioned it, without Cole and Verlander winning a playoff series is going to be tough. Yeah, it is. Over the last eight and two-thirds innings, though, the, uh, the bullpen's only allowed one run. We saw Presley come in yesterday, do his thing. That's what we're hoping, but the it, it's got to be both, the bats and that going, because I got a feeling in a playoff series, like you said, if you don't have those starting pitchers and you don't want that in baseball and in, the, in those playoff series, those are low-scoring games. Those are. Yeah. Do you want Josh James coming in in that playoff game in the eighth inning? Yeah. Ten to eight in a barn burner <laughs> in a playoff game. You don't want to be winning those games, but you do want to be hanging out with us for the next hour because we have winners. We have more baseball talk. We're going to get into the NFL and some fantasy football here on Moneyline ESPN 97.5. To the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. Looking to outsource your company's HR and payroll? Get the top initiative and smart solutions with HRP.net. 